Liat, do you remember episode 139 when we were talking with Emily Varon about her workbook, The Beating BCBA Burnout? She talked about the experience of sitting in someone's home for hours at a time and how much time you're wasting. Yeah. And what was her response that you should be doing with all that time? You should be up your data book's ass. Exactly. You need to be spending time digging into and analyzing the data in order to plan out how you're going to translate this into a report. When there are goals that haven't been worked on and parent training that hasn't been touched. Which is a shit ton of work, but totally necessary. It's a lesson most of us have learned the hard way. Well, guess what? We have a new sponsor for the ad. Our first sponsor, it is Twill. And they are all about making your data work for you. Instead of just sitting in the room for four hours, pouring through endless data points. You mean room. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Twill creates video highlight reels of sessions with technician annotations so you can be there for every important moment, even when you're not. Wait, what? This sounds amazing. I know. So today's episode is brought to you by Twill from Spectrum AI. Twill is the first true electronic health record built for today's modern ABA practices with enhanced supervision features for BCBAs and session management tools for RBTs. Twill simplifies data collection, automates documentation, and records your sessions through video with ease. If you want a better experience, better data, and better outcomes, you need to go to twill.co. That is T-W-Y-L-L dot C-O. You can fill out a form and get a chance to win a goodie bag that will include one of our very own Love You Mean It bucket hats, as well as a Twill crossbody bag and a chance to get a shout out on our podcast. Go to twill.co. That is T-W-Y-L-L dot C-O. It's behavior, bitches. Hey guys, it's Liat and Casey, and we are here with episode 150. Casey, what do you have for us today? You probably need me to say 150. Yes. So 150, Victoria is my hero. Okay. We've never used hero in a rhyme with zero. <laughs> never. Said every, every 10 zero. episodes. All right. So. Today's episode is really cool and unique, which is exciting. But before we get started, let's get right into the review today because I feel like today would be a good day to hear some positive reinforcement. Okay. This one is coming in from Martha C. You ladies always make my morning commute more fun. I'm studying for the BCBA exam and love everything SNABA, but love how relatable the podcast is. I always learn something new without realizing it. Love you. Mean it. Love you, Martha. Thanks, Martha, for the review. That is so sweet. All right. And happy studying. You're going to kill it. Mm-hmm. Move over, Liat. It is time for the Behavioral Robot. Today on your podcast, Liat, you will be discussing external validity, generalization, repeatability, pairing, behavior momentum, and, of course, FBAs. All right, so today's guest, I think we literally did our pre-interview like a a year year ago. ago. (laughs) (laughs) Like since then, this guest is no longer living in the same Mm -hmm. location, not even like nearly the same country. So a lot's changed, but the the book that we're going to be talking about today is still awesome. 
Yes, it takes a long time to publish a book. We'll learn all about it. Um, but let me introduce her. Okay. Okay. Kristen Rain is a board-certified behavior analyst born in New Jersey, which she now is back there, right? Yep. But when we met her the first time, she was in Ireland, which was super, super cool. Teaching is a passion of hers, and her career has centered around making the field of psychology and behavior analysis more accessible to parents. Today, we're going to be talking about her debut novel that I absolutely adore, Finding Victoria. So, Kristen, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. And I just want to say thank you for the inscriptions you put on both of our books. They were very sweet when you sent them. So sweet. <laughs> You're welcome. And also on your list. So we're here. And now you could do one trip because Casey and I are both in the same place. I know. <laughs> so come on down. We're waiting for you. And I saw that you said you've been to South Padre in the past. I have. Yeah. We did that in spring break in high school or in college. <laughs> it's meant to be wild there. I've actually never been to South Padre. Uh, it was actually so much fun. It's very wild. Good old days. All right. So just like getting into uh, this Finding Victoria book for anyone wondering, it's it's really unique in that it's a story, um, but throughout it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of our podcast that we'll be talking about like co- things. And then while you're reading, you're naturally learning about these ABA concepts. So I do think it's cool for someone studying as well. Um, I know you also wanted it for parents to be able to understand uh, so getting into that, if anyone, we are definitely going to put it in the show notes, but the book is Finding Victoria, A Guide to Applied Behavior Analysis. So it's, I have never seen something done like this, and I think it's very cool. Thank you. Thanks so much. Why don't you tell the audience a little bit about what the book is about, in your own words, since you are the author, <laughs> instead of Liat trying to read through the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, it's a training guide to applied behavior analysis, but it's written as a novel, so that um, the hope is that it adds context to the lessons. So, you know, a lot of the times when you're reading a guidebook, it's just like, okay, tick, 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 this thing, this thing. And you might just jump to the one thing you're trying to learn or understand in a guidebook. And the hope with that, and you miss so many other concepts when you do it that way. So kind of the hope with this book is that there's um, relatable characters and there's stories and the lessons are just sort of mixed in with context with them. And is that why that you have all these bold words throughout? Yeah. Yeah. So when you have the book, guys, just so you know, like you'll be reading through and then like something will be bold within your reading. So suddenly it's like gestural cue or uh, have her full attention before completing your statement. You know, it's kind of just talking about these general rules of um, health and safety first. Check with the doctor, like – uh, you know, rule out medical first. I was getting into the ethics and different things. So it's like very cool for anyone. I mean, it's, you're right. When you're reading just these terms, it's like, what? But when you see it within a story, it's like, you're going to remember it. Kind of like we try telling our whole collective through stories, just that. Yeah, it is. So, like when you're doing the podcast and every once in a while, you're like, oh, that's that's matching law or that's this. And you throw it in. And I'm like, oh, wow, I wish they had the test. <laughs> Like yeah, that's how now. I felt when I was reading it. I'm like, this is the coolest thing because it also, for anyone, one of the things that we do here at Study Notes and the podcast is make studying fun and it doesn't have to suck. And for parents, it's so hard for, like, parent training is one of the hardest things as a BCBA um, and teaching, you know, new students 
So it takes the science and the magic and puts it together. So you can really, it actually prepared me in the just the very first chapter of like, wow, this is really walking me through what to do, like my day one of meeting a client and, you know, completing your indirect assessment and your direct assessment. But I didn't, it wasn't boring and dry, like, oh, this is why I'm doing it. I was just like following along, like, yes, okay, that's so cool. Oh, good. So it's so good I want to know. That. I want to know where did you get the idea for this book? So I I loved writing. I I had written since my twenties, but I would always just write fairy tales. Like it was it was kind of my escape writing. Um, and I'd write children's books and fairy tales. I've never actually completed anything. This is the first project I've completed, but just for fun. Go you. <laughs> Thank you. And so then um, one of the moms that I used to work with, she was an artist. And at the end of all of our sessions, we'd always wind up talking about art and writing. And she would tell me about her art. And then she just said to me, you should write about this. Um, she's like, every parent needs this information. And my first reaction was like, I, I really don't want to write about this. Like, I, I, I do this all day long. So I don't want to come home and, and this be what I write about. Um, but before I moved to Ireland, I started cutting back on some of my cases. And I had a little bit of extra time. And then I just sat down one day and I started writing and it literally just fell out of me. I was like, oh my God, I, I actually can still do the fairy tale bit and incorporate the science bit. So. so is Victoria based on anyone that you know, or is it completely like just this magic little girl? <laughs> she's like an amalgamation of all the kids in my life. Um, okay. She's like a little bit of my nephew and my nieces and kids that I worked with and friends' kids. So, but, but I love Victoria. <laughs> I do too. And I like, no, I mean, you can't see right now, but the cover of the book is just also so beautiful. Like the illustration is gorgeous. He did such a good job on it. Kelvin, he did a great job drawing that. And then Uh, even when you read the first page, you're like, oh, that's what she's jumping on. That's what her room looks like. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was fun. It was a really fun process writing the story. Like I loved writing it. So how long did it take you to write this? Like it was like just like a few days after work, like people who write are amazing to me. I think it's like, honestly, even now when we look for people that study notes, I'm like, I only want people who are like good writers because it makes a difference in everything. (laughs) I'm not a good writer. Yeah. I was like, wait, I don't want to have to call you on the podcast. Are you putting yourself out there as a good writer and good editor? Because. No. Okay. See, I love that she has self-awareness. I do. Like she just got in the door with her writing. (laughs) Yeah. Are you writing? I'm kidding. Oh, okay. She has she has other great things like she's the friendliest, she's the smartest, smartest. yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but like that blows my mind. Like going home from work to sit and write, like that was relaxing to you. Yeah, it was. And a lot of the times I would start the day with it, um, so it'd be the first thing that I do. But it it took from uh, start to finish, from writing it, editing it, and publishing it and printing it was eight years. <laughs> eight years? Yeah, it took a while. Wow. Okay, I thought it was a year. Eight no, but years. you still had like the passion to write about it, which is amazing. Like sometimes yeah. I'm you would do it consistently every day for eight years? No, God, no. Sometimes I would take like months off at a time. Um, but it was yeah, it took eight years. I was trying to do my PhD at the same time, so I was sort of shifting gears back and forth. And in hindsight, I probably should have just picked one and done it. Um, but yeah, it was it was tough shifting back and forth, but I loved it. And you guys know, like when you work with a with like kids, and we love what we do, and so when you love what you do, it's actually it's actually easy to write about it. You're like, oh, I know this. This is we'll just write this. Yeah. We'll just say this in a session. 
So how does it go with like the editing process? You, so you're like, I've written this book. Yeah. You talk to the publisher. So um, publishers don't talk to writers. Um, so they, they only talk to agents. And so after I wrote the book and got it edited, I started looking for an agent. Um, so this took about two years of the whole time. I, I was looking for an agent and sending out query letters and nobody had any interest in the book. So eventually I just decided to go down the self-publishing route. Wait, and so if a publisher does sign it, how is that different? Like they're taking part of the pay of the book, I'm assuming? Or they do all the promoting, the... Yeah, they do all of the promoting and they take like a huge chunk of the, the book. I think it's like, I, I, I've heard so many different numbers thrown around, but I think they take like 67% of, of, I mean, you really wind up with not that much. But the thing is, they, they get it out there. So you're selling a lot more books. By volume. But I said, yeah, but I said to my, because my, I was talking to my book designer about it and she was like, I think you should get, you know, like, we'll try to set you up with um, a publisher. And I'm like, I want to give it a year. I'm like, I think I, my ABA people can like help get this. I was going to say, our cut's only 75%. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm like, JK, they, we, we don't take anything for this. No, we're, no, we're like, no, people, this is cool. I'll tell you, as someone who like doesn't learn typically by just reading something, like this is this is a unique approach. This is like you make different parts salient. Like it's it's a new way to learning. I think it is so cool. So really anyone like they're like, oh, what book should I have on my shelf? You know, like what ABA must haves. I'd say like when you're like still in school or thinking about going into ABA, get a book like this because like you're not just gonna sit and casually read the Cooper book. I'll tell you that. No. No. No matter how smart you are, like Casey. Yeah, I'd be reading Finding Victoria. And I mean, one of the questions I had is, how did you know, like, how much science, how much magic, how much fiction, how much nonfiction to put in it? Was there, like, times you found yourself, like, getting too ABA or too off? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, because you guys know, we like I said, we love the science. So we'll go off on tangents. Like, I had, I had gone off on, like, a few really big tangents, like, going very behavior analytic into it. And my editor was like, I can see what you're getting at here, but yawn. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag yawn. He's like, if you're trying to get this to like people who may not be in the field, this isn't going to work. So that was great about having the editor. He was very kind, but he was just like, no, don't do that. (laughs) Um, And it's good to have that like non-biased or person not in the field reading it. Yeah. For sure. For sure. We'd be like, yeah, totally. That's what we tried doing, even with like naming products on our site. We're like, we call it permanent products. It's like all our physical stuff. And it's like, you need someone who's not in the field to read it. Because someone (laughs) one time reached out to my sister and they're like, that's so cool how your sister helps people build, what was it? How she helps people build websites or something, like e-commerce sites. And she's like, that's not what she does. And I was like, oh, that's probably a good indicator that like <laughs> your website. It's a little like we're trying to be like too like cute with the ABA, you know? <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. I know. Okay, it's, so you have to like go back to the audience. I'm like, yeah, wait, the audience? exactly. It's funny. Like we're like all about being relatable and stuff, but then we're like, okay, our audience is behavior analyst for test prep. Um, but then it was like we were like not getting, you know. We want to be able to be interested before, like, thinking about even pursuing something. So we had to, like, make sure we're reaching the audience all different ways. But So when you'd write, 
I'm just more interested in this because I have zero self-discipline or routine of anything in my life. Like, I want to know, did you – like, where would you sit and write? Like, when I was studying for the test, I knew I had one bubble tea shop. That was, like, the only place that had stimulus control over me writing. <laughs> so what what did you – like, or you could write anywhere. Are you one of those, like, unicorns with no ADD? Oh, no. I couldn't write anywhere. Um, no, for sure not. I, I Sometimes I could write in my apartment, but I had to get out. Usually I had to leave my space because the cats are there or I'm, I'm like cleaning or, you know, all of a sudden my apartment's so clean. So I would go to this cafe down the block of my house and I just set like a goal for myself, 2,000 words a day. Um, and so the months that I was actually on and working and writing, I did do the, the 2,000 words a day. Um, and then if I was like... If I hit writer's block or something, that's when I would go home and close the doors and turn off my phone and get a bottle of wine and just drink and journal and just try to work through whatever I was trying to get through. Are you like a creative stoner? <laughs> I can be, yeah. You can? I'm like, just like, a, like I didn't know. Like a, you, you gave me a vibe that you might be like chill stoner. Uh, <laughs> like if I'm like a fucking idiot, if I – I mean, I like chilling, you but I get creative too. I can be creative, but there's no way I'm writing something out. Like I literally lose all sense of judgment if I'm stoned. <laughs> I'm like, did I just pour a lot of water in that glass for that person or not enough? <laughs> like I can't tell. Like, did I just overserve them water or underserve them water? Like <laughs> it's like <laughs> That's amazing. Like I, I don't I wouldn't trust myself to like put any sort of my writing out that I made during that time. Like I'd be like, Did I use a lot of periods? Did I use no periods? Did I do I know how to spell the word leaf? I don't know. Well, the the writing that I would do in that time, I'd look at it the next day and and there'd be like, you know, craziness for a page. And then I'd be like, oh, oh, that, that's the, that's that's the one the thing point. that I need. Yeah. yeah. The, like you had like the creative part. Yeah. Sometimes it just needs like <laughs> that fine tuning after. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget today's episode is sponsored by Twill by Spectrum AI. All right. So TLDR or too long didn't listen, right? It's usually TLDR. Too long didn't read, too long didn't listen. The cool things about Twill, I'm gonna summarize it for you right here. It's the idea and amazingness that you could review session video anywhere at any time. So if you're not able to be there, you could check in what happened at a session, which I'm sure all of you know, it's hard to be everywhere at once. You can use the videos to enhance the RBT and parent training. Again, you're seeing what's happening, you're able to be there and give that feedback. You can complete inline edits for programming on the fly, which is amazing, meaning you don't take it all home so that you have to make programming later. You can do it on the spot, generate reports at the click of a button. That sounds amazing. And making in-session session management and data collection as easy as possible for technicians. Maybe this will help us have happy technicians who stay around longer and love doing what they do. It's all these little things to make life easier and make people love their job. So go check out Twill. What's up, guys? It's Casey. So at this point, we have been through 150 episodes with you, and I think it's about time that you head over and get our amazing diagnostic moth. It is titled, WTF, Do I Still Need to Study? It's 220 questions. It's going to give you a breakdown of which sections of the task list you scored in and amazing detailed feedback like all of our other mocks. But let's just see how much you've learned after 150 episodes. Feel free to email us your scores. BehaviorBitches at studynotesaba.com. So head over to www.studynotesaba.com 
click mock exams and get your diagnostic mock today. Love you. Mean it. Okay. So, I mean, also, you know, we, when we talk, when we teach in our classes, we teach about like, okay, we always talk about like mentalisms and behavior and how they live in like separate worlds, right? Like, like behavior analysis is very like antecedent behavior consequence. It's what you see. It's factual. It's objective. And so it almost seems like a little bit ironic that you're putting in this like magical piece with, with behavior analysis, which is very unique. Because sometimes even like if I'm on Instagram Live and I'm saying something and I'm like, honestly, no, like it was from God. I'm like, I know I'm behavioral, but like, sorry, I'm saying this about God, but it, uh, you know, because it's <laughs> yeah. like when you're a behaviorist, you're supposed to be a radical behaviorist or so we think. And so like what made you think to put these two things together? Because like it's not heard of together. Yeah, no, I know. I've actually had people say to me like ABA and a fairy tale, like that's that doesn't that doesn't work. Um, but I think that the biggest part is, and you know, like anybody who's worked with kids and who loves what we do, the the play piece and the connection piece is so important. Like if you don't have that moment that you connect with a child, you can come in, you can know all the strategies, you can have all your materials, but if you don't know how to just like really and truly connect with a kid you're just not going to have the same kind of relationship and you're not going to get the same kinds of results. Um, so I think like a big part of it for, for students who, who are new to the field and for parents who are having a hard time, like one of the main things I say is if you want your kids to behave and like listen to you and follow directions, you have to play with them. Like that's, that's their language. That's the currency that they speak in. That's what motivates them. Um, and so, yeah, I think that that's kind of where that piece came from. Like, I, I don't think it's, I think it's important not to forget that connection piece when we're teaching ABA. And it's so easy to when you have reports to write and data you want collected. Yeah. And just insurance up your butt and just like all those other things that you forget that even just the connection in general, which is getting down on their level and pairing. Yeah. Pairing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like so- I've had students before that I was supervised and. They um like they'll do so well. They'll they'll like they'll do great in their coursework and they know what they're doing and they have all their materials. But when they get down on the floor with the kid, something's missing. Um, and it's kind of hard to put your finger on it. And it's like they keep trying to like pull out materials. I'm like, no, put the materials away. Like you don't you don't need that right now. Like the, the child is right in front of you. Just like look at them, play with them, get get. And you know, do you know that moment Follow when them. it happens? Yeah, exactly. And you know that moment that it happens, like, you know, when you kind of look at a kid and, and like you see it, it's like, okay, you just made the connection. Like there, I don't know. I just think that sometimes when I'm working with. No, kids, there is. I mean, even sometimes I'm like, all right, I'm not going to even with my own child. I'm like, right now, I'm not going to get anywhere. But like, let me see. OK, I've got him. Let me get him to brush his teeth right now. I got this. I got this. Like, let me just, you know, yeah. like you could build in that behavior momentum like you've done something. Yeah, exactly. And it works for the other side, too. Like it works for. When, when you know they have you, like when, when you connect with them and then they sort of invite you into their play and the same that you just said, when you connect with them and then you can boundaries, like put in the boundaries and put in the following direction. Um, like, yeah, that, and that momentum's real too, that you're like building. Yeah, yeah for sure. So I want to know if someone could, like if you could give a brief summary of this book because I'm way too wordy on things also when I even try to give a summary of anything. Like if someone were thinking about like, oh, they're talking about this book, the whole podcast, like what 
like what could this book possibly be about? Could you give a little bit of a summary? Sure. Yeah. So um, the book is about a behavior behavioral um, therapist who gets a call from a mother and the mom is having a hard time with her typically developing child. So one of the main things that I wanted in the book was for her to be typically developing. Um, because as we all know, behavior, we all behave. It's not just for children with special needs or people, children on the spectrum or children. Um, yeah. So I really wanted her to be typically developing. And the mom calls up and says, I'm having a hard time. And um, Kay is the behavior therapist. And she says, sure, let's schedule a session. And so it kind of follows, it, it like takes you on the journey through day one of parent training, a parent training case, right through to the end of a parent training case. And so like you go through, the direct observation, you go through um, pairing and, you know, building a rapport and instructional control. And it's like building skills. It brings you through the whole process. Data collection I read about. And I really like too how you focused on the strengths of the parent instead of um, like it gave me kind of examples of what I would respond to a parent if they were feeling like they waited too long to call or they're, they know that they've been doing the wrong thing and, you know, giving in and your responses or Kay's responses to <laughs> the mom were like very compassionate. And even when you would think you'd put things out there of like, yeah, they, there was like negative reinforcement here or that was providing escape for this long learning history you're not saying it to the parent directly. You're saying it so that the person who's reading it can learn that that's what that is. Yeah. Yeah. And like you were saying, Leah, with the with the bold print, like that's sort of you're talking to like I'm talking directly to the reader. Yeah. So like as you're reading along, you're just sort of reading the story. And then all of a sudden there's bold print and it's like, OK, reader, this is for you. Right. Because it's like it's written in there like you're reading the story. And so by reading, you understand the definition by context. But like you highlight the word as well i think it'd be a good companion for someone studying with their cooper book because then like i have so many notes in the book like the parts that i've read of like the concept that it is and then you actually do write it and so if someone was using it to study as like a cool a, cooper a companion cool, yeah where you could be like okay it just real cue she, that's bold that word and now i read about it in this you know real life scenario that's and now under I go to response cooper, prompts yeah and then i go to cooper and i look it up in the index and then i read the Boring Cooper definition. I love you, Cooper, but, you know, kind of dry. And then kind of go back to have a little bit of fun with studying. Thank you so much. That's amazing. And, Liat, I'm taking cool Cooper companion. <laughs> yes. A, that is the new tagline for Finding Victoria. <laughs> That's it. what it should be. Absolutely. <laughs> if you want me to be one of the quotes on the back saying something, just let me know. I always wanted to be one of those. Like, you know, I know. Well, I always read every book that, like, if it if the review in the book has, says anything about Gone Girl, it's like so like everyone gets what's her name? I just went totally Gillian blank. Flynn. Gillian Flynn, yeah. Gillian, or Gillian, Gillian. whatever. <laughs> like if it says like this is a close connection to go the next this season's Gone Girl, like I get it no matter what. So like if you want, and I always wanted to be one of those people who said something about something, so I could be like. <laughs> Liat Sachs from Study Notes ABA. <laughs> Cooper Companion. I, I would <laughs> but okay, love so just for that. anyone like wondering, so we get some shit on here sometimes. Like we noticed you guys have not been being so behavioral. It sounds like you guys are just another talk show. Um It happened once. So, but it still happened sometimes. It still serves us some time. Um <laughs> a point in time, a locus. <laughs> uh-huh. And so 
if you're one of those people who's worried, like, I'm not getting enough behavioral concepts, like, here's just, like, a little sneak peek, like, literally reading the first maybe seven pages. Yeah. Uh, of all the ones I could pull out. Behavioral principles. Like, the behavioral robot would go nuts with this book, okay? <laughs> so it talks about FBAs, indirect observations, direct observations, functional analyses, talking about the behavioral aspect of things, what questions to ask parents, ethics. It even gets into, like, an example of, like, not taking the water, ruling out medical like like literally your ethics codes are in here and ethics codes are not fun to study so it's cool that they're like written within um learning history reinforcement punishment behavior plans mediation instructional control parent training consent behavioral contrast strength preferences reinforcers versus skills joint attention antecedents Gestural cues, negative reinforcement, escape, maintain behaviors, ABC data. That's like literally, literally the first like five pages. <laughs> yeah. So um, she's not effing around with behavioral principles. Okay. Like, <laughs> like it's actually very cool because a lot of people who do not work in test prep like are not staying up with these terms. Not like because I mean I would say I am not up to speed on working clinically because I haven't been in a clinic for a while. But it's very cool that you're like still. So up there, like, keeping, like, with these different terms, like, at test oh, level. I, it's- I appreciate that. But sometimes when I listen to your podcast, that's what I was saying before. I'm like, oh, I would I would not pass a test if I took it right now. <laughs> I literally don't I know if I would. <laughs> I literally, like, I'm like, this sounds so weird, but, like, would I pass? I wanted to I, like, ask I mean, I would guys, hope. But like, like, would you, you know how you can do the test? Like, that can be your your um, renewal for the for the yeah. two-year cycle. And they don't do it anymore. out of that. Oh, they stopped that? Yeah. Okay, okay. I was thinking, I was like, I wonder if they do that. <laughs> no, I think they Who? Do. Oh, me and Casey, you mean? Yeah, if you guys do that. Dude, I would totally do- try it. Dude, you are way too scared to try something like that. You'd be like, I'm not risking my license. <laughs> sure. You think you'd do it? If the option was that if you fail, you could pay right away. I think it is. I think it was when they did it. It's not like... Like, what would happen if you didn't pass it? I don't know. Like, right. you, wait, then, like, and if it's like early on in your or if you testing your period, CEUs. and then you could get CEUs. Yeah, that's what I mean. Can, can like, you guys? Like to, like, can you guys have a guest on that's done that? One or a six hundred. You for sure got a six hundred. <laughs> <laughs> can you like, guys have a guest on that's, that's done the test? What? Can you have a guest on that's done the test as their like recycle like their new cycle thing? You should find someone because I'm I'll so curious. Like if, if they're out there, like someone who had a, like did the option to take it again. Oh my god, we should totally post that. I would love to one. like hear somebody who did that. Yeah, like their experience. <laughs> it's so it's just it just shows it's so crazy. It's like, wait, Nicole, would you do that? Yes. You take the test. Oh. Yeah. Okay, so Nicole, like. Not smarter than Casey, but like really smart. Turner than Casey. Than I know, I'm kidding. <laughs> but thank you for having my back. I got you. Um, she like, I'm like someone like that. I mean, I think that I could. It's just I'll tell you the weird thing about with the exam is like there's just so much like conditioning with it of like this like stressful aversive, which I we, we work so hard to study notes to make it like not. Yeah. That it's like, do I want to put myself even if I like know this shit, I'm teaching this shit, I'm dreaming this shit, I'm making it in every day. It's like just that just shows how much like conditioning could like do I want to put myself in that again? Like, <laughs> like it's become so aversive. 
Yeah. yeah, but but I should also know that it's fun. Like I don't know. I mean, to be honest, I find taking CEUs way more aversive, so I probably would take the test. And like, I love CEUs. So. Taking CEUs for me is like, yeah, same. unless it's about like forensic killers or something, then it's cool. <laughs> same. Every once in a while, there's like a really good topic, and you're like, oh, cool, I'm gonna watch that. Yeah, one. That's gonna be it. exactly. I guess because I'm just like we're ar- like I'm around the same topic. Also, like we're not in clinics anymore, so like I like knowing what's going on in you, but I love things that are like you know, applicable to whatever, like what I have the MO for in that moment. Yeah, for sure. So Kristen, are you currently practicing as a BCBA? Um, I am currently, well, like I just moved back this month. So yeah. oh, okay, that's right. Cur- currently trying to build up my client list again. <laughs> nice. So, All yeah. right, so if you're in the Jersey area. Kristen Ruane. Yep. Ruane. <laughs> yeah, in New York. Oh, in New York. So wait, where in Jersey are you? Uh, so I'm in Fort Lee, New Jersey. It's right across from the bridge. Oh, I know exactly by T-neck. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Thank you, Benji, <laughs> ex-boyfriend. He's helped me in a lot of ways, pairing with people, location. <laughs> I talk about my extinction burst with teaching about Benji. So shout out to Benj. And with this, are you planning on writing any other books or you're like, I'm good, like I'm satiated? <laughs> no, no. I'm, I, I actually have the second book written. Um, what? I love so you. The, so hopefully, so I want this to be a series. So I want this to be a series for parents and for students to to be able to access. Um, and I don't know if Is I it said still this, following but, Victoria. No, um, actually, oh my god, that's so good that you said following because it's it's finding Victoria. But then the the, yeah. the the next character is uh, following Penny. Penny. Yeah, following Penny is going to be the the third book. Well, but then the it second, must have been natural because I like said it. <laughs> Um, the second book is, um, as I was writing this book, I kind of realized, okay, this isn't, this is helpful for people who have one kid. Maybe somebody who has three kids wouldn't really be able to relate to, to some of the, um, strategies that I've given in this book. So I decided to add in two chapters where the mother in the book, Valerie has a friend come to visit. So two of the chapters were a friend with three, three kids coming to visit and, all different tips and strategies that you can do with three kids. There's one of them is a baby. One of them's a boy just to give, like change it up a bit. Cause Victoria is just like a six year old girl, do you know? And as I was writing, as I was writing those out, it wound up being like 60,000 words. And so wow. I uh, hate when that happens, <laughs> so, but you could do it because if you were writing about, no, I'm literally, you don't get it. Like in like writing papers in college, I like was like, if I put four spaces between sentences, if I do paragraph 1.5, mm-hmm. like I would do anything to like make it reach the end. But, like, if, but if somebody told you to talk about um, ABA principles for an hour, could you not do it for three hours? Yeah, I could do that if someone else That's, did the writing actually. Yeah, but like the, just talking is a form of, you know, it's, it's verbal behavior and they're both, they're both verbal behavior. So what you've done now that I'm hearing it is basically we talk about something called external validity right you want you said finding victoria there's only one kid um and so that might not generalize to a parent with three kids so now you're creating that external validity where someone else could replicate it that has three kids beautiful generalization baby (laughs) um yeah yeah i would like to ask too if you could tell everyone like who is this book for who's your ideal audience 
So the ideal, so when I originally started writing it, I had in my head, like, this is a parent training guide. Like, I was like, this is for parents. And that's, that's what I had sort of had in my head. And, uh, and, you know, parents of children from like two to 10 or 12, you know, and then um, as I, once I wrote it and I started like giving it out to people to read, a lot of people in the field were like, well, this is actually really good for students too, or, or even just anybody that's interested in psychology or somebody that has, um, you know, kids, like a friend with kids and you just want to be able to understand them, grandparents. So yeah, um, so, yeah so it turned into, I actually changed the night the name from uh, Parent Training Guide to Applied Behavior Analysis just to a guide to Applied Behavior Analysis. Because for students, I think it could be a great tool for students too. Yeah, I mean, it's just amazing how many people it could help. I mean, I'm thinking of everyone, teachers, like maybe even the people who are working at the insurance companies, like the MDs who are the ones trying to like approve services who don't know anything about EBA. That'd be That's cool. That's a good Ooh, one. Could, like, good one. Yeah, like, because they're like, don't understand they what don't we're understand doing. What a session might look like. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like, well, this is what we're sending in for. Oh, so, I really like that. That's a good one. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. All right. Now, where can we find you? Anyone listening, where can they find you? So they can find me um, on Instagram at Kristen Ruane um, or at Princess Cotton Fairy um, or on the website, princesscottonfairy.com. What is Princess Cotton Fairy? That is the next book. I know that's her that's her publishing agency. Yeah, that's the it's both. Um it's the publishing agent, it's the publishing company, and it's also um the one of the children's book characters that I'm writing. Also, I'm now re- I I missed this last page, but this you carry cotton ball in your pocket. That's why it's called that. Okay. Oh my god, do you eat them? Like my strange addiction. No. No, oh I just goodness. I always have them. If you guys saw you like my, the texture? I don't even know if you can see my table right now. Do you see them? Oh my god! <laughs> wait, 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 wait! I think we need a picture of that for the. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. A, f- a fidget spinner. Before there were fidget spinners. <laughs> yeah, and way cheaper and more universally used. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love it. Weird, just weird. It is so such a cute name, and yeah. I love how in this outline you go. I really need to up my social media game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I really do need to up my social media game. Oh my gosh! I'll take a peek at it and um, I'll help you out. That would be amazing. It's up. Like my research was all about um, the effects that screens and um, smartphones can have on us, and so I had this like, oh my god, how do I do this? How do I like embrace social media? And I need I to do it. I need to do it hard it's like you either like get on board or like get the f out you know yeah yeah for sure (laughs) (laughs) it's a lot of work not to not to stress your plate but anyways thank you so much for coming on Mm -hmm. thank you we'll definitely put all your info in the show notes I, i really do recommend anyone obviously we speak a lot to students but really anyone with interest in the field or with children or with children um or you know someone who maybe could benefit from having this book or you like it say you heard about it and it may help them with their children or their clients or I mean really anyone I'm thinking I'm, my head's going to like it should be pediatricians it should be this it should be everyone who like is able to then like take this information in mm-hmm. casually through a book so really awesome work I'm very impressed by you welcome back to America <laughs> thank you all right guys you know where to find us you could find us at behaviorbitches.com, Facebook, Behavior Bitches Podcast, Instagram, Behavior Bitches Podcast. 
If you go on our website, please reach out to us, send something nice, ask us for a topic you'd like us to talk about, tell us you're that guest who's that cool or you know someone that cool. We're way into it and it helps us when you send us the ideas because then we know what you want. Go leave us five-star reviews and that's all I have for you today. So as always, love ya. Mean it. Hey guys, it's Liat. And Casey. We just want to take a second to let you know that if you're thinking of being a millennial like us and starting your own podcast, there is a way. You can do your show without having to become an audio editing and production wizard. Because guess what? We don't know shit with that. But we have Alan at Pretty Easy Podcast who helped us get started. He records our shows. He posts them. He adds awesome, awesome music and cool shit when we don't even know what he's doing. He sends us teaser episodes. He does it all. We just sit here and friggin' talk. We shoot the shit and you can record from home, your office, the park, a bathroom stall at work. It doesn't matter. He provides the complete podcast studio. All you need is a microphone and you're good. Alan caters to your schedule and gives you a producer for your show at your beck and call. He has been super flexible with our schedule. Whenever we need him, we go to Google Calendar. We just book him and he does all the hard work. It's like so incredibly easy. That's why it's probably called Pretty Easy Podcast. So be heard and have some fun podcasting like us. Go to prettyeasypodcast.com today. 